Sport to Song Boxing Podcast. Seconds out. And welcome to round 41 of the Sport de Song Boxing Podcast with myself, Alex LeBox. And of course, Rob Boxing Shrew. Rob, how are you on round 41? Yeah, all good, mate. How's it going? Not too bad. You've got your suitcase uh, packed, haven't you, for the US? And in particular, San Francisco. Pretty much, mate. Yeah, pretty much. Um, got all my stuff printed off today, so... Um, once I'm done here, I'm pretty much going to bed and then getting up at the crack of dawn to, to hit the airport. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Excellent. And later on, Sporty Song listeners, we are going to be talking about the fight that Rob will be attending whilst he's on his holiday, which is, of course, Devin Haney versus Regis Progray. That's coming up later on in the podcast. Uh, first, to kick off, Rob, some news. Of course, we were all stunned on the weekend uh, with Michael Conlon versus Jordan Gil, it was a, a shame to see Conlon going out like that. My, my question is, obviously, the first thing that springs to mind is retirement. We've we've seen uh, Conlon lose uh, three fights now. Um, I wouldn't say on the bounce, but um, in quite sort of hard, three out of five, heavy yeah. losses. What What's your thoughts on Conlon? What happens from here? I think I agree. I think he's done. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a long way back to get anywhere near what he would consider where he wants to be, which is a world champion. Um, isn't it weird, like these sliding doors moments? You know, he was three minutes away from becoming world champion until he got stopped by Lee Wood. He was ahead on the cards. Yeah. And and suddenly he's where he is now. I mean, you know, losing to, to Wood and um, to Lopez, obviously, you know, no disgrace in that whatsoever, in particular Lopez. Um, but I just didn't see Saturday coming. It, it really, really shocked me. Yeah. And um, you, you mentioned, obviously, the Lee Wood fight. I mean, you you have to, if, if we're going to, you know, sort of whittle down what's gone wrong with or what's, you know, hasn't gone right for Michael Conlon uh, in, in recent years, you have to start with the catalyst of that Lee Wood fight because it was all looking pretty good for Conlon up until that fight, like you said, leading quite uh, quite well on the scorecards. I think we all had him up in that. And, the, and you know, the 12th round stoppage, you know, since then, you wonder what that's taken out of him, Rob, don't you? Yeah, in my opinion, he's, he's become chinny. Um, he's been caught, you know, he was caught several times by Lopez and dropped a couple of times. Um, he was dropped um, several times at the weekend as well by, I mean, Jordan Gill. I mean, we'll get onto him in a minute, but... Um, like I said, I just didn't see it coming. It come from nowhere. I thought it was going to be, you know, one of these routine homecomings where you get a bit of confidence back, get the crowd behind you before you go again for another world title push. Uh, a bit like um, what they've been doing with Anthony Yard on a couple of occasions, you know, um, very similar, actually. So, yeah, just stunned, mate, stunned. But um, I've got a feeling that he won't hang them up. But I don't really know where he goes from here. Yeah, it's a strange one. And Eddie Hearn after the fight um came out with the probably probably the usual comment you hear from promoters he said it's it's the fighter's decision however he did state that it's, it will be very hard for Mick Conlon to come back from that defeat to Jordan Gill we're going to I'm going to touch on Jordan Gill in a moment because you you know hats off to him there was a job to be done and he certainly did it but um just quickly on on Conlon Rob what, what I want to say I'm not sure if you agree with it but leading into this fight he seems like maybe his head wasn't quite in the right place he didn't seem uh as focused and switched on as he usually is I'm sure Mick Conlon would would tell us otherwise if he listened to this podcast and spoke to us as well but um you know but boxing Rob when you get to this sort of level when you look at uh, Conlon facing Lee Wood and, and Lopez and Gill, you know, if, if you're not switched on at this level, it, it, it shows and you can get caught out, can't you? 100%. Um, and my personal opinion is he overlooked Jordan Gill. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably seen what, you know, um, what happened to Jordan Gill a couple of times. Um, I know his first loss was he was ill. 
Um, but you know, he was getting beat by uh, Griffey before um, before he pulled that you know miraculous stoppage out from nowhere. Yeah, and got stopped by Kiko Martinez, who um, you know a tough guy, but at world level, you know, kind of got beat by our British guys, and you know Jordan Gill lost to him. Um, and then they've both moved up to Super Feather. This was both their first fight as Super. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I completely think he overlooked him. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, after the fight, uh, Conlon was, well, he declined any interviews for, from media or TV. But um, a certain Jordan Gill, we'll come on to the performance in a moment from Jordan Gill, but a certain Jordan Gill certainly didn't decline interviews. He took hold of that mic, Rob, didn't he? And uh, for really good reason, he came out with some uh, some unbelievable sort of quotes really for what he's gone through recently and it makes this victory for Jordan Gill even that little bit more sweeter doesn't it definitely um and it just shows that you know you can be at the, the peak of your powers you can be a you know a successful professional sportsman um earning you know presumably good money fighting on the biggest platforms but you really don't know what's going on in someone's head and money isn't happiness either so um i think it was massive for him to come out and say that. And I think that it shocked a lot of people because he hadn't really spoken out until now. Yeah, um, absolutely agree. You know, yeah. Dave, Dave Caldwell was his previous coach. And um, I watched an interview that he did today with Boxing News. And um, he was really upset. Like he was, you know, very teary on camera because um, he felt terrible that he couldn't help this guy, um, you know, Jordan Gill in, in his moment of need. But he couldn't because he kept, he hit it so well and he, um, and he didn't talk about it. And, you know, thank, thank God almighty that someone found him when, before he did anything that, you know, um, would have been tragic, you know? Absolutely, Rob. And, um, you know, hats off to Jordan Gill for coming out with that and being open and honest, you know, um, we've seen, uh, and and we're advocates, both of us are advocates uh, on Sport to Song for, for, you know, mental health and sort of the, the sort of channels and helplines that are out there. And I I think what you, like you said, Rob, just to reiterate what you said, you know, when, when top sportsmen who are on top of their game and, you know, earning good money in, in, in the sport they love and and being successful uh, are coming out and saying they're struggling. It shows you that, you know, the, everyday person out there can come forward and talk about their troubles as well, because it's, uh, it's important to do that, isn't it? So yeah, hundred percent. And, um, you know, if you take away the boxing politics or sporting politics of anything, you know, you've got some really high profile figures who, who've done this, um, obviously Tyson Fury, um, really at the forefront of sort of mental health awareness, um, in UFC, um, Paddy the Baddy, you know, he, he, he lost a friend on fight week and, and, um, you know, used, that tragedy to put the message out there after the fight to say, look, just pick up the phone to somebody, you know, it's, um, there's always someone there that will talk to you. Um, and you know, I know we've, like you say, we've been through this before on the pod and, um, you know, I'm I'm sure yourself, my DMS are always open. God, um, you don't even have to tell me about your worries. Just, um, message me if you think, oh, chatting about boxing for 20 minutes or, you know, um, uh, help, you know, help you distract yourself from, from certain things, then, you know, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Rob. And that's, that is a very key, Key message. Now, Sport to Song listeners, uh, stick with us. We are staying in Belfast for the next few minutes just to wrap up on the Condon fight and, of course, Troy Williamson and Agiarco. Um, and then we're taking a plane, not with Rob, but on the podcast, to the US. We are going to be talking, of course, about Devin Haney versus Regis Progre and some other boxers out in the US as well. And towards the end of the podcast, Rob, we might have a little uh, swan into the Saudi Arabia forum. But um, ju- just to cap off... On uh, Jordan Gill, he arrived in Belfast, fired up. He fired up. He was zoned in. Uh, he appeared to be ready to take all, and he, he did, didn't he? It was a good performance from Jordan Gill, wasn't it? I mean, I think we talk about Conlon losing and potentially retiring, but you know, Jordan Gill still had a, a performance to put on, didn't he? And a fight to win. Yeah, um, and and for me, um, he showed that he'd been learning a lot or showing more that we hadn't maybe seen before because um god he was coming forward so much he was you know pressuring closing um closing him off um making the ring very small yeah. and i didn't really see that from jordan gill before um and it, i was very impressed um i know he wants a world title shot um that's probably not going to happen just yet he's only had one fight of super feather and um maybe he'll have a couple more before he's knocking on the door because you know, the likes of Cordina, Navaretti, Foster, they'd, they'd destroy him, in my opinion. So, um, but, 
hey, why if the opportunity is presented to him, he's going to take it, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, he, he, he hit uh, Conlon hard in the second and dropped him, didn't he? It didn't look <clears> like <throat> Conlon would recover. But of course, we know uh, Conlon is is quite apt at getting back up onto his feet, isn't he? With with, with sort of uh, what you would call flash knockdowns like that. Um, and then, of course, uh, he, he took Conlon out in, in the seventh with a flurry of shots. The ref believing he had had too much Rob but just a quick question we, we we know that Conlon is very good at slipping shots we know he's got a, a you know a relatively good defense he does that bending low to avoid shots as well is there any question that this was stopped slightly early or are we saying that um you know the ref was saving Conlon from sort of what Jordan Gill was going to bring um yeah I mean if he hadn't have been given the punishment and the knockdowns that he'd had prior to that flurry, I think it would have been seen as premature. But because he, you know, he was getting beaten up a little bit, um, how often do we see a towel go in when there isn't even anything happening? Because yeah. it's almost like they've had enough. Um, and, I, and I feel that's where we got to. I, feel, I had no problem with the stoppage. Um, like I say, if that was in a, a ninth round and it was competitive and, and no, no knockdowns had happened before and it wasn't a beatdown, yeah, that there would have been an argument that would have been premature, but I, I thought it was fine. Absolutely, and you you can. What did you, you can, think? Well, I mean, you know, watching it as a spectator, you know, I, I, and as as someone with who has enjoyed watching uh, Mick Conlon box, you know, you always have this this thought inside your head that you would like to see Conlon get a chance, you know, to sort of almost salvage his career. But I think a, a key sort of element to this, Rob, is is the look on Conlon's face. I mean, there wasn't really much um, complaints appeal. coming back yeah. from him, was there? You know, it wasn't too much appeal. He didn't seem absolutely aghast that the ref had stopped the fight. So I think... Neither were his team. Yeah. No. So I, I think from that, I think the writing was on the wall. So, yeah, I just wanted to poise that question because, of we, course, know that, yeah. you know, we, we know that Conlon, this was a... And as Eddie Hearn said, you know, it was a crossroads for Conlon, wasn't it? But um, yeah. in terms of that fight, great, um, great spectacle always in Belfast. There was a card, sorry, a fight on that card, Rob, which we took an interest in with our mate Troy Williamson. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. Uh, he's a great sport for getting involved and uh, having a chat with us. Um, it was a tough fight uh, for both men to take, really, wasn't it? It was a, it was a certainly a firm test for Aguiarco, uh, but for Troy and Williamson, it, it was a real chance for him to sort of not get his career back on track, but sort of make a statement, wasn't it? Definitely, yeah. Um, and there was a bit of needle in the build-up. I think it was quite respectful, but there was there was an edge. Um, I think the fact that Troy thought um, Aguiarco was uh, avoiding him a little bit, um, so it finally happened, and um, I thought Troy started quite well. Um, yeah. It, the first couple of rounds, but I think once um, Ajarko found his rhythm, um, yeah, I mean, you know, taking all, you know, <laughs> obviously we like Troy, but taking all that out of it, um, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I thought it was it was pretty one sided in the end. Um, I, I mean, the the cards, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one the judges' scorecard. Sorry, the judges' scorecard was uh, quite bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy to be honest. Um, I mean, one of them did give it ninety six, ninety four to to Williamson, um, and the other two had it by four and six to Ajarko. I think four was probably fair. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, with all respect to Troy, he didn't win that fight. So, um, um, yeah, judges be judges. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, we, we've certainly had our feel of judges. Uh, whilst recording this podcast over the last couple of years, haven't we, Rob? But um, mm. yeah, I, I think Troy Williamson, um, I, I think he's becoming that type of fighter where you just know what you're going to get with Troy Williamson. Uh, you, you're getting a real sportsman with heart and energy uh, and ability as well. But, you know, as we all know in boxing, you know, they're, I hate to be disrespectful, but, you know, there, there are levels, aren't there? And um, I, mm. I, I think with Ag Aguiarco, he showed a slightly better level in in his sort of ability to pick Williamson off and uh, I was quite just, yeah I, I was actually impressed I, I think it's a tough fight for him as well I think it was very physical we know how strong Troy is and and uh, as much as Troy tried to get on the, on the inside and drag uh, Agiarko into a, into a real scrap he just wasn't having 
any of it. I think he was boxing quite superbly in flurries, keeping at range. And the, the funny thing, Robert, um, whilst I was watching the fight, I think towards the end of the fight, uh, Agiarco was saying that, you know, oh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to go in and I'm going to come back. And his corner was saying, no, 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 stay in there. Have, <laughs> did, I don't know if you heard that. They, they were like, no, mm. no, no, have the war with him. Yeah, because I, I think I, I, yeah. I think they were thinking, you know, you've got him here, you yeah. can actually you can you can get a stoppage. But um, you know, aside from that, yeah, a great performance from Agiarco, and it stands him in in good stead after this test, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. I think um, you know he's got to be pushing to to kick on now, maybe towards sort of European honours. Um, plenty of sort of British and Irish interest in that division. Um, yeah. I mean, the one I thought of straight away um, afterwards was was Josh Kelly because obviously they both got a win over Troy now. Um, both, you know, very stylish um, boxers. Um, I think I think that would be a good fight, whether or not that whether Wasserman and Matchroom can come together to make that. Um, just putting it out there, really. Yeah, no, it's a it's, it's a great shout, Rob. It's uh, and it sounds like it would be risky um... for both. Risky for both, but what a fight it would be! You know, you can imagine seeing that sort of sort of summertime, maybe. Uh, yeah. In, in Belfast, I'm sure um, there would be plenty of takers for that one. Uh, Troy Williamson, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, where to go. I think, I think we all know that Troy Williamson. There's plenty of fight left in him. Uh, he certainly didn't take what we'd call like a serious heavy defeat, and Troy Williamson will bounce back, and hopefully we can get to see him fight, you know, a, a few times next year. Hey. Yeah, I mean, who's to say that he can't go for the British title again at some point as well? Um, yeah. Like you said, domestically, there's there's a lot of names there. So, um, uh, yeah, we've always had Troy's back. And, you know, I hope it isn't the end for him. I, I feel like he's got so much more to give yet. Um, Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what, what they do with him. I, I hope that some of these promoters see that there was a lot left there as well and, and they give him the opportunity because um, Troy has been quite avoided, really, over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. After he knocked out Cheeseman, I can't blame them. Um, but yeah, I hope he ends up on on these bigger platforms again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with Troy. And uh, like we say, big fans of Troy Williamson on this podcast. So there we go. Um, let's hope he goes and gets that. Uh, British title back. That'd be great to see him in those types of fights again. Um, Rob, we're going to leave Belfast. Um, and before we touch on your destination, San Francisco, I want to touch on David Benavidez. I know we've, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago now, but um, he always seems to be in the news, doesn't he? And there's lots of news surrounding a potential fight in 2024 with a certain Canelo. I mean, what do we think of these rumours and what do we think of Benavidez and his performance against Andrade? Well, first of all, I think it's more than a rumour, um, the Canelo thing. I think, um, I'm not saying Canelo's running from Benavidez, he doesn't run from anybody, but um, I think it has to happen next year, whether it be in uh, May or September, whichever Mexican bank holiday it is. But yeah. I think we've said on a few pods ago that, you know, there's not much bigger than them two fighting each other on Mexican bank holiday in Vegas. Um, I mean, that's massive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Benavidez, I mean... What he did to Andrade was so impressive. Um, I, I know Andrade's come up into super middle, um, but you know he he's such an awkward fighter and he and he's so avoided as well, which is probably one of the reasons why he's he's been so inactive. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like Benavidez just showed <laughs> that's how you beat him. Um, he was just clinical, powerful, bloody horrible. If I'm honest, um, yeah. I, I I don't. When he's in the ring, I look at him and I think, how the hell is he a super middleweight? Like, <laughs> you think he should be in with Bivol and Baturbiev? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and, yeah, but and, and you also you you also look at him sort of pre-camp as well, and you think, blimey, he looks like he's, he he looks like he's just uh, spoon-fed about three English breakfasts, doesn't he? Like for the yeah. first thing in the you know you know extra sausages and stuff. You know, he really is a. A, a, he's, a, he's a monster. You, yeah. He's a monster, isn't he? That's what he's called, the monster. And uh, that performance against Andrade, he really um, showed what he's all about, isn't he? He's just a, a powerful man, isn't he? And he's got yeah. he's got great hands as well. He, uh, for me, I, I mean, looking at him, um, even eighteen months ago, you you, you look at uh, Benavidez as a boxer, and you, and you see him as you know being such a dangerous opponent um and, and like you said robert especially at 168 he's just he's dangerous he, he reminds me of almost like a hearns you know he's sort of yeah 
very very great you know very good with his hands and extreme power and uh i think it's a really dangerous fight for canelo uh if he decides to take it um there's a, a particular john Ryder rob who's been been quoted as saying that he thinks uh canelo beats him quite, quite i do quite quite convincingly with with his skill uh, he feels that uh, Benavidez drains a lot of power going down to 168, and he thinks Canelo has got the beating of him. I, I beg to differ, but ha- who should? Who am I to argue with John Ryder and Rob Boxing Shrew? No, I think, um, like we've always said, that Canelo, that's Canelo's ground. Um, I, I just think that, yes, Canelo, he probably would never have been in with anyone like Benavidez, but you could also repay the compliment. Um, I think that, you know, Benavidez has been in with uh, David Lemieux, Caleb Plant, um, who uh, I think he went 12 rounds with Caleb Plant. Um, to my, I'm sure Canelo stopped him, yeah. Caleb Plant. Um, yeah, yeah. Andrade, I, I I feel like Canelo at 168 would have stopped Andrade as well. So um, not to sort of put um, a downer on Benavides because I, I like him a lot. But um, if, yeah, I, I still think Canelo would beat him. Um, I think it'd be like one of the most exciting fights that Canelo's been in since uh, Golovkin, though. Absolutely, Rob. I agree with you. And I was just going to touch on that. You know, for 2024, when we look at how great 2023 has been, Rob, I mean, we're we going to come on to it. This is the penultimate show we've agreed, haven't we, Rob, of the year. Yeah. Um, we are going to have our final podcast towards. Christmas, and on that podcast, we are going to have guests from Twitter Boxing. There's going to be three questions we're going to put out on Twitter this week, and it's going to be all around uh, boxing in 2023. Keeping on the Benavidez theme, you know, if this fight is made, Rob, we're looking at 2024, and this fight potentially being, like you've just mentioned, one of the fights of the year already, wouldn't it, on paper? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly one of the biggest events as well. Um, obviously, um, you know, Benavidez, I know he, you know, he's, he's American, but he's got Mexican heritage, I think, from his, his one of his parents. Yeah. Um, so there's there's that narrative, you know, um, either, if it's Cinco de Mayo or Mexican independence, I, I don't particularly care so long as we see it. Um, yeah. I, I think it's brilliant. I, I really do. Um, and... It could be a passing of a torch, you know, if um, if Benavidez beats Canelo. Um, I'm not saying Canelo would walk away from the sport, but, you know, Benavidez, he's sort of six, seven years younger than Canelo. It could be, a, you know, a changing of a guard, passing of a torch, however you want to word it, really. Absolutely. It's very intriguing, Rob, and I'm sure if that fight is made, we shall be making a big fuss of it on this podcast. So just a shout before we move on uh, to the next part of the podcast, just a shout for everyone who's listened this year. It's been a great year for us. Uh, we've had some great guests on, haven't we, Rob? And uh, 2024, we're already lining up some guests and ideas for the podcast as well, aren't we, Rob? So uh, just a thank you to everyone who, who's been listening this this year so far. Definitely. And um, and just to add to that, for people who are engaging on, on social media as well, because um, it gives us ideas, it gives us um, quotes that we can use. Um, we've put polls out, questions out, and, you know, a lot of people have come back to us on it as well. So um, this all helps towards the content. So, yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, absolutely. And Rob, of course, you appeared on Steve's Boxing or Steve Talks Boxing X uh, yeah. last night. Yeah. Great show. I've actually watched it in full now. Uh, how, how did you find that? Yeah, really good actually. Um, I, I've never met Steve at a show yet. Um, we, we've spoken uh, like you have with you know with Steve um, uh, on and off over what eighteen months, two years now. Um, really like some of his posts. Um, it, I like um, he has a bit of fun with it, posting his snack, rating his snacks for yeah. the boxing on a Saturday night. Um, but yeah, it was really really good actually. Um, we just focused on the the Haney Progray fight. Um, just had a had a good chat and um, had a good chat off air as well about. Um, his favourite fighters and um, yeah he's a good guy Steve and um, he's looking for people to uh, to come on discuss um, different shows on fight weeks as well so if if you're interested um, we'll tag him in on this post and um, hit him up and um, yeah I'm sure I'll be happy to have you on absolutely big shout out to Steve there who's doing great things with his new boxing show and of course you can listen to Rob who guessed it on that last night? I think we've got it in our tweets as well, the links to it. It's uh, a lot of fun. Rob, you are catching a plane to San Francisco, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast. Of course, you're going on holiday, but you are going to a particular fight. 
Uh, I can't remember exactly where it is in San Francisco. I'm sure you know the arena's name, but it's Saturday night. All the lights are surrounding Devin Haney and Regis Progre. Some fight we've got in store, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, it's at the Chase Centre, um, yeah. which is where uh, the Golden State Warriors play in the NBA. Um, oh, wow. So they haven't had a, a boxing event in San Fran for a generation. They've never had one in that arena. Um, the homecoming of Devin Haney, you know, trying to become a two-weight world champion against, you know, by no means a pushover in, in progress. He's him and Tiafimo are the, the guys to beat, really. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it should be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's quite a funny one. You talk to anyone, you know, you talk to anyone and you try and whittle this fight down. And most people come to the conclusion that Devin Haney is going to win this fight on points. And, you know, that that is just the popular vote because it, if you're looking at it on paper and you're looking at form, that's the way it should go. But when we look at a boxer like Regis Progre, Rob, um, you know, let's face it, he has come... A long, long way, hasn't he? I mean, we, we've seen he, he, him have a uh, a great amateur career. He's gone on to become a decorated uh, pro and obviously a world a world champ. It's sort of, you know, take your eyes off Regis Progre for a second, and you know you, you you'll be at a loss. We're looking at elite fighters here in the ring, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, we discussed with Steve actually last night about. Um, like the the weight difference, um, you know, Devin coming up and the age, and I don't think that'll play a factor whatsoever. I, I think that, um, uh, like I said before, him and Tiafimo are the guys at, at you know, super lightweight. Um, but Devin was a very big lightweight, so it was natural for him to, to move yeah. up very soon. So um, I don't think the weight's going to be an issue. Um, I, I think there'll be a, a serious chin check because um, Haney's been... I wouldn't say wobbled, but, you know, he's done Bambi legs a couple of times. Uh, Linares off the top of my head, um, you know, made him do a little dance. And, you know, Linares hasn't really, at that point, hasn't got the power that Progre has in his left. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Progre lands. I mean, um, you know, Haney could be in trouble. Yeah, he's interesting. Rob, you're going to be, um, you, you know, you're going to be ringside for this. So, if mm. you know, you're going to see your boy, Devin Haney, coming up against this, you know, Hearn's come out today, Eddie Hearn's come out today and said, you know, you know, you've got this dog in Reddy's program, you know, who yeah. can bang as well. Uh, before we touch on on other outcomes for this fight, Rob, you know, do we give Progray the credit he deserves? Because, you know, he is he's the champ after all. Yeah, um, Progre can win on Saturday night. There's, there's no doubt about that. Like, um, like I say, if he if he lands on Haney, I feel you know he's he's in trouble, and he's a good finisher as well, Progre. So if he gets someone hurt, generally he'll get them out of there. Um, I think Team Haney are very much riding on the fact that his last performance, Progre, wasn't the best. Um, but again, like I said to Steve last night. Um, if you based everybody on their last performance, you'd say Shakur Stevenson was rubbish, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. Yeah. But he's not. They have, you know, bad nights, but still come out with the, the W. So, um, yeah, I'm not writing off Progre at all. He could absolutely win on Saturday night, but I only think he can win by stoppage. I don't think he can win over 12 rounds. Yeah, and, you know, we've looked at Haney, obviously, uh, the Cambosos fights, the Lomachenko fights. Um, mm. You know, we haven't... We haven't been wowed by Devin Haney, have we? You know, you you, you don't look at Devin Haney and you, obviously you appreciate how the guy boxes. He's got that sort of, that American style, hasn't he? That sort of yeah. very cagey, quick reflexes, hit, don't get hit. That sort of mantra, you know, sort of in and out, very quick, winning rounds. Um, you know, it, we look at the performances. Do you see a weakness in Haney over these last three fights and somewhere where someone like Progray, who is going to really put the pressure on, could potentially get a stoppage in this fight? Um, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but I don't think he has the power um, that, you know, some um, that, that some do in and around lightweight and, and super lightweight. I mean, I think off the top of my head, Devon's last, what, six, seven wins have all been on points. Don't get me wrong, they've all been unanimous decisions, so he's won them very healthily. Um, but it does make you think that when the going gets tough, Progre can stick in there and probably not be at risk of getting taken out. Um, 
again, I'm clutching at straws here because Haney is very, very good. He was undisputed for God's sake. Um, yeah, yeah. At lightweight, but if you're asking me on a on a weakness, that would probably be it. Yeah, absolutely. And Rob, what do you, you think? Know, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going with the. I, I can't see uh, Progre getting the stoppage. No, we all know we we all know it's possible, and you know, um, in boxing it can happen. But I, I just can't see Devin Haney being knocked out or or certainly stopped where the ref has to jump in. You I can't see Haney getting stopped. Sorry, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I can't see a situation where Progre is going to get Haney into a situation. I I think Regis Progre is going to have moments in the fight. I think Haney's going to potentially get wobbled, uh, but I think he'll ride the storm and come out and win this on points. I think it's, it's going to be, be competitive, isn't it? It's going to be competitive and it's going to be close. That that's for sure. Um, what I want to touch on, Rob, and obviously we know um, in in terms of you know who we're going for, but m- more to the point here is you you are going to be ringside. Um, you know, just before you go out there and sample all of this in America, you know, it's going to be some spectacle to watch Haney and Progray that close up, isn't it, from ringside? Of course. Um, you know, I mean, I know Progray fought here once, but, you know, seeing these guys from afar, um, you know, it's 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 not something you could do every weekend, is it? Just it's pop not, over no. and, and, and see these guys. Likewise with um you know the americans coming over to see some of ours it's um yeah it's absolutely a privilege um but it, and it's like it's a really really good fight as well um yeah. you know this isn't a routine fight for haney he's going in as the challenger um yeah, yeah. you know against a, a really good world champion and um yeah i can't wait i can't yeah. wait it's absolutely brilliant absolutely made up for you rob to be out there enjoying that and i'm sure we'll be a couple of snaps coming in from america uh, so we can put them out on the Sporty Song socials. Um, Rob, we talk about American and we talk about seeing these boxers for real. Well, when you see uh, boxers who we've only seen through a screen, i.e. Um, when I got to watch uh, Jay Opatai in, in, in London, you know, when you see these these elite boxers and you see them doing it in front of you, it's something else, isn't it? You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit more than seeing it on the TV screens. You know, you really do see the skill and uh, you sort of almost see that real uh, sportsmanship, don't you? And it's, uh, it's it's great to see. It's going to be a great experience. Um, Rob, we touched on uh, Devin Haney coming up for this fight. We all know that when a, a boxer comes up and decides to fight at a different weight, there's certain belts that may become available to other fighters. Uh, one man, if we stay in the US, we want to talk about is Javonta Davis, a boxer we all admire. Um, you know, he's been a, he's been fantastic over the last um, well, since he's ever started. But um, he, he's got the regular WBA at lightweight, hasn't he? So um, with Haney moving up, it's looking likely that it's going to be vacated and he will step into that into that um, you know, that position, won't he? As um, he as full just, champ, yeah, as full as full champ. What what happens with that? I mean, I know we spoke off air, but. Is it likely that, you know, if Haney gets through this Regis Progray um, fight, he could come back down and fight Javonta? Maybe. I mean, if the money's right, I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't mind boiling back down for, for a final, you know, fight of lightweight. Um, I mean, my understanding would probably be that he'd move up again. Um, I mean, he's talked about, you know, trying to win this WBC on Saturday and then using that as a, um, a way to get a mandatory at welterweight for the WBC and wow. three weights, but but money definitely talks. And you know when you've got Ryan Garcia, Shakur Stevenson, Tank um, kicking around. I mean the belts to an extent don't even matter. Um, nice. But um, it, it made me laugh when um, Michael Benson put out about um, this happening um, about obviously uh, Devin relinquishing his belt and. Um, Tank being upgraded. Tank shared it. Said uh, basically to be effective. I don't want it. I don't want to be given an upgrade. Like I want to earn it. And I, I thought that was quite refreshing because a lot of fighters get a lot of shit when they get called an email or a paper champ. Haney had it for a while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. And Javonta, uh, uh, Rob, you mentioned some <laughs> great names there. Obviously, you got Shakur Stevenson. Uh, Ryan Garcia, Javonta, and Haney. Um, Lopez. We, yeah, Tiafimo Lopez. We, we, we spoke a lot about these guys last year and we, we were talking about them stepping up. And I remember one thing you said. You said to me, obviously, the belts will, will, will become fragmented. Um, but you said at that stage, 
no one will care about the belts. We will care more about seeing these fights. And it's come to fruition, hasn't it? We've seen, um, you know, a lot of these guys now step up. And uh, these fights are looking more and more possible, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. Um, and again, um, you know, the money side of it, for money talks, but it'll happen. I think the fact that you've got the Saudi thing going now, I, I think that some of these fights, unfortunately, will go over there rather than in the States. Um, because that sort of money that's thrown around, it it forces these fighters to take the fights, even if they don't want to, you know. Um we're seeing it at the minute. Um, it's looking like certain heavyweight fights are going to happen. Um, obviously, Fury Usyk, um, potentially Wilder and Joshua in 2024 at some point. So I think that will drip into other divisions as well, do you? Yeah, I think so. And we are, uh, sport to song listeners, we are going to touch on Saudi Arabia in a moment. But um, yeah, what 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 you from what you say, Rob, I absolutely agree. I think it's, you know, if we hear it from the horse's mouth, we hear it from Eddie Hearn. And of course, of course, of course, Frank Warren. Uh, yeah, it's looking likely that's the way boxing is heading, and we are going to focus on Saudi Arabia in a moment and give our opinions on boxing uh, in that part of the world. Just to cap off, Rob, on um, this particular weight divisions in this area, Ryan Garcia was back in a boxing ring with an eighth round stoppage against Oscar Duarte. Um, Ryan Garcia has come out and said he, he doesn't fancy. Uh, Shekhar Stevenson or the winner from Haney Progray. He quite fancies uh, Rolly next and uh, Romero. And we, you know, you can't fault him for that, can you? No, I think it, it's probably the easier of the options that have been presented to him in that in that exchange. But um, he's also shouted that he he still feels he's better than Tank. Um, I'm not sure if he was watched the fight back from earlier this year, but I, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think... Um, it, it, it was quite quite conclusive, wasn't it? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, routine of the weekend, um, probably the return that we all expected, um, you know, with respect to Oscar Duarte. Um, he's not a guy that should have been troubling Ryan Garcia. So um, in, a, in a funny way, it's very similar to how we thought the condom thing was going to go off the back of a defeat, you know. Um, yeah. But that didn't go his way. So, um, yeah, big fights for Ryan Garcia. He will win a world title. Um, and I think he'll win it at multiple weights. But I think he will pick up a couple of losses along the way because there's just killers in these divisions. Um, I put a thing out recently saying that, you know, if there was four or five of them in a round robin I don't, and they all fought each other twice, I don't think any of them would come out undefeated. <laughs> I, I think between them all, they'd all lose at some point. Absolutely, Rob. Um, and Sport to Song listeners, we are coming towards the end of the podcast. It's the penultimate show of the year. And of course, you've got that Sport to Song Xmas special coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Just before Christmas, you can open it up and have all those beautiful presents from us uh, to cap off the year. Rob, have I sold that well? Have I sold Christmas well? That'll Is do. That, <laughs> no, that that that'll do. Um, so um, moving on from the US, Rob. Um, yes, we, we you mentioned Saudi Arabia. Obviously, um, we, we, we've seen events going on out there. It's a real shame that we can't get access and go and see them. It's just not. Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, I know you asked my opinion on 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 Saudi Arabia, but first and foremost, what do you make of this monster card? I think I, I think uh, you know when you actually read through it. It, it's almost disbelief, isn't it? Yeah, it's a who's who. <laughs> um, yeah. Certainly the left-hand side of the uh, of the list anyway. Um, it, it's a funny one because, yes, obviously, again, the money is, has made this happen. Um, but the likes of Jaya Pattaya, Dimitri Bival, Filip Hergovic, they're all used to topping bills not being down the undercard so again yeah. a lot of a lot of um money has been thrown at this um but i also think um what justifies them being further down the card is the right hand side of the the poster <laughs> isn't that great i mean <laughs> yeah. um philip hergovich is fighting mark Dunmurray, who david hay humiliated on dave about um, six years ago <laughs> on dave what a shout. um jay Apataya is fighting ellis zorro Good fighter, Ellis Zorro. He'll get absolutely destroyed by Apataya, I think. Because I mean, I think um, Jordan Thompson would beat Zorro, who got smashed to pieces by Jai. Um, Lyndon Arthur seems like a nice lad, but Dimitri Bivol, come on. <laughs> seems like um, a nice lad. 
Yeah, it's but like, Dimitri like Bivol, enjoy enjoy your Christmas with your payday. Is in my opinion. Um, but do, do you understand what? I'm not yeah. a bit of it. Listen, Rob. I'll be honest with you. You know, if we've got to talk about these shows in Saudi. I think you've hit the nail on the head. You look at the right side and you look, then you look at the left side and it is really is lambs to the slaughter, isn't it? You Until know, you and... get to the top three anyway. Um, Dubois and Miller's a good fight. Miller's a cheating bastard. Um, <laughs> you know, he, in, he injected stuff into him. It was stuff that was in his system that can only be injected. And he's the one giving the beef to Hearn and um, Joshua. And I think you're a disgrace, but I hope Dubois smashes him to pieces. Um <laughs> Wilder Park is really good, isn't it? Yeah, do you know what? It's, it, I, I think it'll be, you know, you, you look at Joseph Parker and uh, you look at his career and he, he's had a fantastic career. You know, he's, he's been a world champion. Um, he's he's fought everyone who's um, come into his path. He's not he's not turned down any fights. He's, what a he's, lovely guy. You're, yeah. What a lovely bloke and, and, a, and a true... Um, you know, a, a great boxer to watch. He's been absolutely entertaining throughout his career. Um, I, I, I like the fact that Joseph Parker has been given this fight because he's had some, um, he had a heavy loss to Joe Joyce, didn't he? Uh, but he's sort of worked his way back. He's had a couple of good wins in, I think he's fought in New Zealand or Australia. So, times, yeah, yeah so to, 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 to my mind, Rob, I, I think, you know, why not give, give him a, um, a payday against um, Wilder? I, he's, he's not going to give Wilder an easy fight. He's not going to make it easy for Wilder, uh, and I think Wilder will have to work to to beat Joseph Parker. I think he does beat him, but I think he's he's not going to have an easy night, is he? Sorry, mate, I lost you there. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'll just say he's not going to have an easy night, is he? Uh, no, Wilder. absolutely not. And I think um, I think Wilder will beat him, but um, when the stoppage comes, I think Parker will be up. Um, the, the interesting thing for me is that since um, Wilder lost to Tyson Fury, he's fought one round in about two and a half years. Like, yeah. that doesn't show you much. Um, and it's been extremely inactive. Whereas Parker has fought about 35 rounds in five fights. So that's the most intriguing part for me. So what you're saying, Joseph Parker, yeah, points? No, no, I just, <laughs> I, I just think points. it'll take Wilder a while. I don't, I don't think he's going to, I mean, this is where I, I fall flat on my face and you use this clip, but um, I don't think he sparks him out in a round. I, I, think, um, I think he'll be up until Wilder gets into his rhythm, but Wilder's going to catch him at some point and it's good night, Vienna. Yes, well, there we go, Sports Song listeners. I am already cropping this clip ready to put out on the socials. Uh, oh, you're joking, Rob. Um, so, yeah, um, looking down this list in Saudi, we've, we, we've paid it a little bit of attention. Do you like these Saudi nights with these, you know, potential, we're looking at five or six headliners on one bill? Do you, do you like the feel of them? Do you like how they go? Does it, is it entertaining? Yeah, mate. Look, look. I get it. I get it. You know the big names. Um, we'll all watch it. It's, it's, it's fine. It, it's all watchable, apart from the the Saudi stuff. Having presentations about how amazing Saudi Arabia is and Riyadh season. The boxing itself is fine. Um, I appreciate that. You know the money they're throwing out there is making the biggest fights out there, and that's why a lot of people can see past all the the human rights stuff. And um, I don't want to get political on political on here, so we'll stick to the boxing, but yep. um, it's not going anywhere. We're going to have to get used to it and we're all going to watch it as well, aren't we, mate? Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's, um, you know, like you said, Rob, you know, sticking aside a from the politics, you know, we're a sports podcast. It's not the time and place to talk about that. Um, yes, there's big money being thrown at the boxers. Boxing has become that type of sport, hasn't it? Where, you know, it's it's all based around money and how much a boxer can make. Rightly so. Chip in quickly there on. on something you said as well. Like yeah, the money thing. Not once at Usyk um, Fury press conference or the Saudi um, Joshua one. Um, not one of them mentioned about the funds. It was all the vision of Saudi Arabia. Well, it's not the fucking vision. It's the money. Like it's not. It's not the vision. Um, like that could be anywhere in the world if they've got that money. Just just tell it how it is, please. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's be frank about it. You know, all, all these boxers who are fighting, like, we, like we've just said, Rob, I poised the question. I said, you know, we've got five or six potential headliners on here. They all seem quite content to be uh, where they're placed on the bill. They all seem, exactly. they all seem quite happy because I think they're getting their pockets lined quite 
nicely. Who can blame these boxers? Because as we all know, Rob, it's a tough sport, isn't it? Getting between those ropes. And uh, we've got the utmost, utmost respect for boxers in that, uh, in light of that, haven't we? But, uh, so course, it's good, it's good, it's good um, to see him earning the money. But I, I, going back to the original question with Saudi Arabia, you know, is it entertaining? Do we enjoy it? Is it a spectacle? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Um, but it, again, it's just the legacy thing, you know, legacy for when they was talking about Joshua and um, Fury, you know, legacy is fighting in front of 90,000 Brits at Wembley, not fighting in the desert where no one can have a beer and um, no one can get out there. You know, it's um, it's about the money and fair play to them. They're prize fighters, aren't they? Yeah, it, 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 it is pushing uh, towards that way, Rob. Robert, any other fights or anything else we want to touch on before we wrap up round 41 of Sport to Soul? Um, well, we haven't really spoken since um, sort of Taylor Cameron. Um, you know, we obviously know what happened there. It was pretty conclusive. I think, you know, it was obvious Taylor had won. That's one apiece now. What happens next? Yeah, um, great fight. Great spectacle. Again, in Ireland. Ireland's getting all these uh, f- fantastic fights. I thought Katie Taylor... Uh, I've got to put a shout out, Rob, there. You know, I, I put the prediction in. I thought we'd see a, a, a better Katie Taylor in this fight. Mm. I, thought, I, I thought she would be um, more suited to the weight now. She had a, a chance to sort of get that in. Um, she had a chance to look at the blueprint of Chantel Cameron. I think Chantel Cameron came as a bit of a surprise to her in that fight. I think, uh, you know, Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron won. Um, yeah, I think Katie, Katie Taylor was shell-shocked, really. Uh, this fight, she knew what was coming, and uh, her tactics were spot-on. And yeah, like like you said, Rob, she won the fight uh, fair and square. I would like to see her face Serrano now. I, 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 th- I, I think Katie Taylor, uh, Serrano, Amanda Serrano, is the fight to make. Um, what do you think, Rob? No, I'm not sure. The Serrano, the first Serrano fight was amazing. Um, and there was a weight between them, but you know, Taylor is now the well, she's undisputed at two weights, but a super lightweight. You know, um, Serrano until today was um, undisputed at super feather. You know, suddenly there's a bit of a gap there. Um, so they'd obviously have to bridge that. Um, I've, I think the Chantel Cameron thing is unfinished business. I think you know, with Chantel Cameron was undisputed champion, she's gone to Taylor's backyard and beaten her. Um, she's then given her a rematch. Yes, she's got beat fair and square. Um, and she's still gone over to Ireland. And I feel like they've both had a conclusive win now. Um, Chantel clearly won the first. Taylor clearly won the second. Why on earth would there not be a third fight? Yeah, I I, I, I do get it. And, and, and I see it from that point of view. And I, I, I'm not against a third fight. I just think, you know, we've seen it twice now. I would quite like to see, um, you know, Katie Taylor and Serrano get back in and do that again. Because like you said, it, that was a, a thrilling contest. I, 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 I did enjoy that fight more than I have done the Chantel uh, Cameron fights. But uh, yeah, it's still... Second it's still... fight was definitely better than the first, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. And, and I think that was what... Um, because Katie Taylor bought more... Uh, to the table in, in this yeah. fight. I think the first fight, she was literally shell-shocked, wasn't she? Definitely, and yeah. Chantel Cameron did a job on her. But uh, there we go. That's boxing for you, Rob. Uh, I just want to cap I'd off... I'd watch on... either. I'd watch either. Absolutely. Yeah, be... Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to cap off, Rob, with uh, a shout, obviously, to uh, Joe Joyce. Um, very tough year for Joe Joyce in those two defeats to Zhang. I was at both of them this year. I had a thoroughly enjoyable evening of boxing. Uh, I think that second fight was was pretty damaging and damning for Joe Joyce. I just want to say, you know, what what, what do we expect from Joe Joyce in 2024? Fantastic question. Um, and the answer is, I have no idea. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, he turned over really late, really. I mean, he hung around for, for a good while for the um for the olympics um, i know it's a while since he's been pro now but you know he's he's late 30s now he's never had a shot he's lost twice to you know zhang it was it, it was the first time he'd really been in with someone who was going to hit him back with some serious power and you know those tactics that joyce has of well very little tactics defensively it's it's his, his chin is his first line of defense it's gone against him and um Good question, mate. I really don't know because he hasn't got too much time to rebuild. So does he just go straight back in with another big fight and roll the dice? I think 
he's got to that point now. I think he's probably going to have to. Yeah, I think he is going to have to. It'd be very interesting. And, but who? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That question is for a certain Mr. Frank Warren, you, I'm sure. What about if Dubois comes through um, the Miller fight? I mean, they could make that again, couldn't they? Um yeah. Who, who would you would you still favour Joyce to beat Dubois again, or do you think Dubois is now at a stage where he would get revenge? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's such a tough question to ask. Damage uh, now, isn't he? Uh, on paper, you could see him as damaged goods. Yeah, I, I, I think it's such a tough uh, question to ask. I think that first fight uh, between them was was particular. I think it was close. I think uh, I think Joyce did a, did a job on him, but we haven't seen Joyce box like that since so uh oh god that's that, oh, well, that... He, he boxed well against um parker didn't he yeah he did yeah he did do well against parker so it, it, it's still in there um mm. I, I i think uh dubois has got put a lot of question marks against him um obviously losing to Usyk is is you know is, is nothing to quip at but uh yeah i mean if i had to put money on it I, i'd probably i'd probably go joe joyce I think Joe Joyce has got a lot to prove, and I'd probably say uh, I think Joe Joyce would get, would get the win. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with you. To be honest, um, yeah. I think the one thing Dubois is clearly talented and powerful, but what he has shown is when the going gets tough, he he stays on his knee, doesn't he? At the minute, um, you know, he 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 took a knee against um, Joyce, and he did the same against Usyk, and you can call it quitting, you can call it not, but um, yeah, when things have got hard, he's he's kind of got himself out of there, hasn't he? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that well, there we go, Rob. That caps off round 41 of Sport This Song. All I have to say to you, Rob, is have a fantastic holiday. Enjoy Thank you, yourself. Mate. And of course, in, uh, enjoy the boxing. Uh, put your feet up and uh, we'll see yourself and Sport This Song listeners for the final show of the year, an Xmas special. We've got lots of treats and lots of guests lined up. It's going to be great fun and we'll see you then. Nice one. Cheers, mate. See you soon. See you soon.